This is yours truly, Elder Richard Pittman Jr. And I'm so excited to get to this episode on the Survival Toolbox Podcast. Welcome in to what I would consider one of the best podcasts out. I guess I'm tooting my own horn here. But nevertheless, God has been good. I hope God has been good to you and your family, no matter what state of mind, state of place that you may be in. I pray best wishes for you. You know, I turned 29 yesterday. And it's funny that I post this on the 29th day of October. It just happened to work like that. But I'm in my last year of my 20s, and I thank God for all the experiences that I've had. And although sometimes those experiences have been more trying than I would like them to be, I wouldn't change a thing. As my bank of knowledge grows and my wisdom continues to swell with a purpose and meaning, and I'm able to interpret life situations and able to place misplaced knowledge into uh, intersections of void or misunderstanding, I'm beginning to see that within the struggle is actually where the best blessing lies. You don't learn a lot when everything's going your way because you and me acting off our own cognitive functions and our own reasonings, if everything went the way that we thought it should go, then it wouldn't, the situations we run into wouldn't really need our applying of external knowledge. Everything would come from from our inward parts, and I don't think God would, would want that. He wants us to lean on him. That's what the Bible says. That 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 we should run in to him and be safe. But I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm I'm not I'm not afraid of aging. I'm not afraid when people say, Oh, you're about to be the big three O. To, to me, it, it's it's an actual accomplishment if the Lord says the same to get to 30, that three decades around the sun, that uh, number one, someone else does not have that privilege. Number two, I find that um, all this wealth of knowledge I have, I'm ready to put it into systems that will allow me to live out the dreams that I have and as well plant seeds into somebody else's life so they can live their dreams out quicker than what I could have gotten to mine. It's always about somebody else. Jesus did it first. He didn't die for himself. He died for us. But quick, real quick, real quick, uh, let's go to Daniel. I want to get into something that I feel like is really pertinent. And I I, I really want to get into something and maybe present, presenting it, present this story in a way that we're we are not accustomed to, at least I haven't heard it this way. Um, but Daniel chapter 3 and verse 16, if you read it, begin to read, immediately you know that's about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I just, I just want to read real quick from it, from verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. 
If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hands, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. We worship, or nor worship, excuse me, the golden image which thou hast set up. We skip down into the verses. It then says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, or astonished, astoned, and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Thy, thy answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Now, you can read the whole chapter and get into Nebuchadnezzar, the king, and really, uh, we talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I feel like it's more uh, uh, relevance on the king Nebuchadnezzar and flipping his um, belief system uh, of pagan gods into the God of all the father God that we know. But I want to sit on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and in the midst of a world that has gotten away from from God and we don't really have to get into um, what we see on the daily basis. Uh, we, you can feel it. Any, any believer can feel like this isn't, this is not what God would want. However, the Bible is still playing itself out. And so in the midst of the world going haywire, we resort back to our personal lives to try to find stability. But therein lies the fact that we ourselves can't keep ourselves stable. We still need God to show us the way. And so, with diseases, with loss of life, loss of love, loss of work or jobs, loss of material things, and some may feel even loss of time. How do we justify what we are going through? Isn't some funny joke that God is pushing us through? How do we know that God's even there? Yeah, you know, we can fake the funk and be like, oh, man, I go through, but I, I know that God. I just, I, I've, I always know he's there. I feel him every step of the way. Well, I will be 100% honest with you. There have been years and even inside this year where I've prayed and felt nothing. Where I've asked God to answer and felt like he didn't hear me. Where I would want to touch from him and felt like I was too far away to feel him. Because the reality is not every day is going to feel like God is right there. 
Salvation and faith is not a feeling. Salvation and faith are an ever-working process of a knowing. So it doesn't matter if today you feel like living saved or you feel like doing the right thing. It's knowing that you should, knowing that you will. It doesn't matter if people don't agree that Jesus died for us. Whether you think he's black, white, purple, green, or blue, it's a knowing that he did. Doesn't replace the fact that we feel like we're stuck. And God doesn't see like almost like where where's Waldo? Where where's Waldo? And and, and that's that's where I want to begin. Where's Waldo? We know many of us know about Waldo. You know, the man with the red and white stripe looked like he always celebrating Christmas in the book. That man stay waiting for the Christmas tree to drop. Where's Waldo? And they usually place Waldo in a big old crowd. And if you look in look in a book, it usually spans two pages in a book. You got to look over both pages and run your finger and look, you know, side to side, up and down, all around looking for Waldo. And even inside of the book, you can see that some people even wear his clothes. So where you would where you would say, oh, that's Waldo, but that's not the man with the glasses and the beady eyes and the, and the pointy head. That's not Waldo. Close but no cigar. And you continually look and look and you look and you look, and eventually, if you look hard enough, you find where Waldo is. You find him. And then you flip to the next page and you do it all over again. And isn't it funny? Of the many transactions that we have had in our lives and in most definitely in 2020 and 2021. And as we are beginning to get into our transition into 2022. Many of us are still looking for where God is. And it's not so much that you don't believe that God is real. It's just you can't trace his touch. You can't trace where his wisdom is coming from in this particular situation. You don't know how exactly life is going to shake out from this situation. Yeah, things are well, but you can't see past this moment. Or maybe you're like many other people. I just flat out don't know how this is going to work out. I got, I have more bills than I have money. I have stricken health. I have uh, relationships that seem like they will never heal and mend. Maybe you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and you're trying to find where God is at. You prayed. You read your Bible. You've tried to be the most diligent person when you're at work, trying to be an upstanding citizen. Maybe you skipped a couple of meals and tried to fast to try to get God's attention, and it seems like nothing is coming through. And how empty of a feeling sometimes it may be to think that God doesn't care and that God isn't there. 
and that you that you're walking this walk by yourself. You know, I'm I'm not a believer that thinks that you should go to one person to figure out what God is saying when you can go to God for yourself. You don't have to wait on your pastor or your favorite preacher or your favorite message every Sunday. You don't have to wait until Bible study. God is an accessible God to those who believe. He doesn't say come unto me all those who preach the gospel. Come unto me all those who work. You're working. Just by waking up you're working who are heavy laden who labor because he will give you rest. To those I believe that's the entire population of the earth. But we still struggle trying to find God. I mean I just I just want to be real like what what do we do? What do we do when you can't find him? And what I've realized is that when you begin to ask, God, where are you? You've shifted from knowing that God is to feeling that God might. I'll say it again. You've shifted from knowing that God is, as he would say to Moses, the great I am. Into a remedial stage of God might. You know, just to do some some background on this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are descendants of the Israelites. And being descendants of the Israelites, which means their people had an up and down relationship with God. And before they were under the siege of Nebuchadnezzar the king, they were in Judah and were living a prosperous life until they disobeyed God. In their disobedience, they had already lost family members, friends, their homes, their land, the food, the water, the agriculture, cattle. It's, it's like they were going through tough times because of the disobedience and it wasn't that everybody was disobedient it was simply because the group majority made the minority a part of a suffering that they had nothing to do with and so here we are the, yeah we know about Shadrach Meshach and Abednego it was not just about them being uh, uh, threatened with going to the fiery pit because or the fiery furnace because King Nebuchadnezzar said, you better bow unto my gods. But it's the simple fact that they were harboring hurt from their past. Because we're human, you can surmise that if, if you lose the things that you loved. That you'd be harboring some kind of hurt. And I, I can only and this is with my with my imagination. I can only imagine that when they were. In this pickle, when the king said, if you don't bow down to this God, then you, I will pretty much kill you. That all they can think is, where where is God at? And in those moments. You have to know that God is because, you're, you know, somebody once told me that feelings are fickle and emotions change every moment. Right now, you're happy. 
And if you receive some news, you, it can change your whole mindset, your whole emotional rate of thinking. Just like that. Bad news, good news. Learning about information, forgetting something. Just like that, our emotions can change. Our feelings are fickled. So I can only imagine after all the things that they've gone through, and that's just a short synopsis of leading up to where they are, that now they're in a captured state. So they're already praying for their freedom because they're captured. And now here they are, these three Hebrew boys who believed on the God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Son, who would later come down to die for us. Believing in the God of Israel, these three boys, young, decided to say, we're not going to do this. We're not going to bow down. And many of us struggle because we look around at our situations and it's we're fighting. We don't want to bow down. We, we, we don't we don't want to give up on God, but. Nor do we want to go to this fiery pit, this fiery furnace, these fiery trials that Peter would tell you, don't think it's strange. And if anything, you should count it as an honor that you're able to suffer with Christ, that in the end, that if you were to suffer with him, that you'd be able to reign with him. Don't think it's strange. You're going through something that the Lord wants you to go through. Why? Because you would learn who he is. Unfortunately, many of us forfeit knowing who God is because we refuse simply just to go through. And yet we have life situations that we go through each and every day and we have things that we see every every week. But you don't do it with God. You do it with you. You figure it out on your own. You, we, you don't pray about it. You don't ask God about it. You just figure it out. Not realizing that you have you have help. You don't have to live the life you're living on your own. You do have help. But where's Waldo? Where's God? When kids don't act right. When when somebody promised you something and all of a sudden they pull back their promise. When that promotion was supposed to be yours, when that business was supposed to work. When you were supposed to be in a different place by 29. When you were supposed to be making six figures by now. When you were supposed to be married by now. You were supposed to get out of their house by now. Where's God? Where is he? Did he forget you? Did he did he leave you out to dry? Did, did, does the Bible not apply to you? Maybe God forgot. Maybe God doesn't. Doesn't care. The reality of a Christian walk is this. God is not going to show his hand every step of the way. You just have to know that it is his hand that's guiding you. But the one thing that I've learned, and my wife can attest to this, is that, in which I would always tell her, you know you're on the right track because every so often God will remind you that you're on the right track. And the answers may not come how you like them or when you want them, but he will remind you, you are doing the right thing. 
How do we know this? Because I believe it's Isaiah where it says that those that just trust in God are blessed. If you just trust in him, you're blessed. That if, if you just believe on him, he will give you the desires of your heart. This is all Bible. That in Philippians 4, you can read it for yourself right before you get to 4 and 13. Read uh, Philippians uh, 4, 11 and 12. And it tells you that for times and seasons, sometimes got to have you be in a season where you're uh, where you're up and you learn how to be up. You learn how to be rich. You learn how to do uh, things on an upper echelon. And some seasons will have you do it with little, with less resource. In a way that you never thought of. In a downtrodden way. You're still successful, but you're doing it in a way that it doesn't look cute. People don't want to have success that way. And yet and still, you can still do all things through Christ that strengthen you. God, where are you? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound just like some of us, we're, we're bound to our situations. We're bound to our everyday life. We're bound to disappointing ourselves. We're bound to negative thoughts. We're, we're, we're trying. We're trying to get out of those mindsets, and we're, we're trying our best trying to move away from what we, we once did, but it's, it's a fight. It's a fight we got ourselves into, and now it's a fight to get ourselves out of. What do we do? Where is God? And as much as I want to believe, and as much as I want to see, and as much as I want God to move, he's not doing it the way I thought he would do it. Where? Where's God? Can, can you tell me where God is? I can only imagine when they bound the hands, the feet, the bodies of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they were bound in front of the people, as they were walked down to the fiery furnace that was ablaze, so hot that it killed the men that put them in there. That with their bold proclamation, I know that God can save me, and I know that he will save me. But on the off chance that he doesn't, it does not mean that I will bow down to your God. And the look on Nebuchadnezzar's face, as I'm pretty sure he looked at them at dis with disgust, saying, I'll show you, I'll fix you. Where is God when these boys are bound? Where is God when, he's, when they're being walked down to this fiery furnace? Where is he? How come he didn't stop it? How come he didn't change the heart of the king? How come he didn't change the heart of those that were walking these three boys down there? How come he didn't cool the fire? How come he didn't extinguish the fire? Where is, where is God at? Seems like he's going to let these boys burn. Where is he? Because I don't feel him. And to be honest, I don't see him either. And understand that it's okay to doubt because it's a part of a faithful walk, but 
I feel like I'm starting to lose faith. It's a whole nother message, but that's not right now. Here we have it. With these, these three boys bound, no way. They can walk inside this fire and survive. It's meant for them to die. Because man says it's meant for you to die. A powerful thing I learned this week before I conclude this story is that God is not affected by time, space, or matter. He built it. He orchestrated it. He gave us time for the past, the present, and the future. He gave us space, which is length, width, and height, and he gave us matter, which is solid, liquid, and gases. Yet and still, he's not affected by it. He runs through it. He's all around it. He's above it. He's beneath it. He's everywhere that we can't be, but he's not affected by it. Which means he set all of this up. That God is not limited in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing too big. There's nothing too small. There's nothing too medium-sized for him. Where is God? I'll let you know where God was the whole time. God was right there when those boys said, we're not going to bow out, giving them strength. God was right there when the boys began to get bound. He walked with them into the fiery furnace. And so what we want is a physical presence, but God was there in spirit to where nobody could see because it's bigger than just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He wanted Nebuchadnezzar to be saved. Because if he can deliver Nebuchadnezzar, he can have another land for the Israelites. See how big God's plan is? And we get stuck on us. Not realizing that what you go through is for somebody else. Because you never know who you run into that needs to hear what you have to say. We are the leaders that we need. We are the encouragement that we need. It was at this point that in the fire, Jesus showed himself. Mm. Because he knew now is the time where I have to show them that I was always here, that I never left. The Bible's true. Never leave nor forsake. Just because you couldn't see me didn't mean I wasn't walking with you. Just because you were crying on a physical bed inside of a physical house doesn't mean I wasn't there in spirit sitting right next to you holding you. Just because they rejected you and you couldn't feel me didn't mean I wasn't right there when they got to you. Right when they said no. When things were going left, I was right there on your right side. Showing you that I'm still here. You know, Scripture has its way of really helping us out in times like these when we feel like we can't find God. And Isaiah 41 and 10 says, do not fear, for I am with you. 
do not be dismayed, for I am God. I will strengthen and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Let me give you what he just, what that scripture says. It had nothing to deal with him being physically right there. Had nothing to deal with showing you how you want to be helped. But it did tell you that he will help you. He told you, don't be scared. Don't get frazzled. I'm still your God. I'm still here with you. I'm still here with you. No, I may not come when you want me. And no, I might not do it the way you want me to do it. But I'll tell you what. When you get into the fire of life. I'll use that fire to burn off the bounds on your life. And then I walk around with you in the fire in your worst moment. That's where I'll be. Not that I couldn't come earlier. Not that I couldn't come sooner physically, but when you, when you get down to your last moment, when you've done all you can to stand, then I will stand. And I will stand for you and with you and all around about you. Nebuchadnezzar had to admit, which he must have had some kind of a premonition because how do you know what the Son of God looks like? Which lets me know when the Son of God comes in, nobody can deny who God is when he finally shows himself. And so there it is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saved a nation by fire. A fire they had to go through. And so you're asking, well, how does this relate to me? You ready to open that toolbox, you get another tool. Feelings don't have anything to do with God. Faith is a knowing. Put that in your toolbox. Faith is knowing. So I can feel like God doesn't hear me. But then I have to revert to knowing he does. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You have to know that you know that you know. See, the thing about when you find Waldo in that book is that you know you found him. You don't feel you find him. You know you found him. He has the glasses on with the red and white on, and you know how, what the face looked like. You know you found him. You don't feel like it. You know it. And that's how God's going to show up for you. You won't have to feel like he's shown up. You're going to know he showed up. Psalms 9 and 9 says the Lord is a refuge for the oppressor stronghold at the times of trouble. We're not by ourselves. Exodus 15 and 2 says the Lord is my strength and my song. He is giving me victory. This is my God and I will praise him. My father and I will exalt him. God is there for us. 
He's your strength. That's right. Paul would say best that when I am street, when I am weak, then I'm strong. Why are we strong? Because it's God that steps in and becomes my strength in the midst of the fire to where I won't get burnt. Yeah, the fire is all around me. It's not touching me, though. Yeah, I, I, I could come out smelling like a whole bunch of smoke and fire, but I'm coming out smelling like I just put on cologne. Like I just hopped out the shower. Why? Because my God didn't, let, didn't allow the fire to burn me. He's just around me. Put it in your toolbox. It's not a feeling. It's a knowing. So when you feel like he's not there, begin to tell yourself, I know he's there. We all have different journeys. So let's take it together. Be blessed.